I want to get into the cross, though, because the cross is where it's all at. Last week we talked about this. We talked about the foundational truth of that Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way. I want, to, I want us to, we're going to take, I don't know, three weeks of this, uh, go into some foundational things. I, I've, I felt a burden for this the last handful of weeks that I've spoken. Um, what would I want us to get if this is the last time we gathered? What do we need? What do we need, need if we have to, you know, whatever, do whatever? I hate to even say stuff like that because it sounds like I'm some alarmist. I'm a pretty happy guy, and I've been quite happy for a long time, so I'm not changing that. I'm just saying, I am so aware that we maybe lose some of the foundational truths of the Word of God. And if we don't have those foundational truths, we do get blown in the wind like the tree that has no roots, and eventually that tree falls over. So my heart is to make sure we get foundational truths, and there's nothing more foundational than Jesus is the only way to heaven. You do realize, you say that right now, you could be accused of a hate crime. You'll be accused of a racist, a bigot. Uh, you know, there's a whole list of things that I will be accused of just because I look like this. Uh, all these things. When you say Jesus is the only way, you are like, it's back for me. Right? We've got to get that foundational thing or else we'll be looking for Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that, Jesus plus the other thing. You start adding things to Jesus, it doesn't make any sense. So it's Jesus alone, but I want us to see today that at the, at the center of it all is the cross. And the cross, which is, it's the center and is the hub of so many things. So when we say the cross, we don't just mean a piece of wood. It's all that it stands for. And so I want us to get into the cross. There it is, the cross. We found, we don't have a lot of decorations. I found this. It was actually in this container. So here's a cross. So there you go, cross. There you go. So it actually looks like I have something legit here. But I want us to see that we, we've got to get a hold of this cross because it's everything. It's everything that it stands for, we got to get a hold of. And I'm gonna, I want us to see over these next few weeks, um, there's four things I want us to see from the cross. There's a thousand things you could teach on the cross. But I want to see that understanding the cross, you will experience forgiveness. If you understand the cross, you will experience family. You're going to experience family like you've never experienced family. You do realize in our society right now, we massively need forgiveness. We need to know how to extend forgiveness and receive forgiveness. We really need family because we don't have much of one, it, that, whatever anymore. So we have a bunch of orphans trying to raise orphans. And when orphans raise orphans, nothing really good comes out of that. But the cross gives us a family. Then we're also going to see the next couple weeks, the cross gives us power, just in my head because I can remember stuff like this. It's the force. We're going to talk about next week of the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and how we must have the power that comes from the cross, that force. And lastly, cross gives us the forever, the eternity. Man, eternity. Sometimes we forget about eternity because you know what we've done the last... It's probably been in my life that I've seen it. It's about three decades and it keeps accelerating. We're making this world... A pretty cushy place to live right 
It's not too shabby. Not too bad. And so we like, I kind of like it here. And so we forget that there's an eternity, that there's a forever, that there's something so much greater that's out there. And so I want us to get to where there is a forever that the cross gives us. And man, we got to get a hold of that. I do realize the, the younger you are, you, the, le- the less you think about actually forever because, you know, whatever, when you're 25, you pretty much feel like an eternal being. Um, Newsflash, for those of you 25, you're not going to stay there. Ouch. You, those of you who are 50, you're not going to stay there or wherever you are. It's a continual... Uh, somebody said once, they, they said... Uh, um, I can't remember who... I don't even remember Pastor Bill. Um, he had a birthday. And uh, he says, yeah, every birthday is uh, one year closer to death. <laughs> like, Bill! I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and he says, hey, if you embrace that this life is not it you'll actually live this life and be prepared for eternity and so he had those of you who knew pastor bill um we actually thought bill was going to live forever um he finally did uh, hey can i just say this those of you who knew cliff hill uh pastor cliff hill um deborah myers's uh, father uh he was here for a number of years moved to hawaii and then dallas he died this past week he was 98 97 98 somewhere in 90 what 97, 97, the 97 years old, and he was just an awesome man. He was one of those uh, guys that uh, came at a perfect time in my life uh, when I became lead pastor here. And if you didn't know Cliff, Cliff was, uh, uh, he was raised in, in uh, Alabama, and Georgia, I'm sorry, uh, deep south, and he's a, he was born in 1923, he was a black man. And, uh, you know, when you lived through World War II and the 50s and 60s, and, and you were a black man in the south, and then he moved to Jamestown, he had a very, uh, very interesting past, and he took me under his wing, and really for multiple years said, he says, Rick, he says, I'm just going to be a father to you in the faith. So I had this, I love the fact that I can say I honestly had an 85-year-old black pastor who for four years was my mentor, my go-to guy, loved it. And he, he would go in the hospital, he'd get sick, he says, don't you dare visit me. And I'm like, why can't I come visit you, Cliff? He says, you got other things to do. He says, I'm fine. <laughs> so, anyways, though, if you do know Deborah and have any contact with her, reach out to her. Just, I mean, he's had a couple years, he's been uh, uh, Alzheimer's and has been, really, it was two years ago, he kind of left, and then it took him two years to finally breathe his last. So if you have any contact with Deborah, uh, feel free to reach out and encourage them. Okay, I want to just get on to this though. Uh, Paul, in multiple places, talks about the centrality of the cross. And at the centrality of the cross, and we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. A couple weeks ago, we celebrated communion and the uh, the power that comes through the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection, and the blood of Jesus that comes through the death. But I want us to see, let me go to, uh, let me go to Galatians 6.14, because this is kind of a little bit of a theme that I want us to make sure we have uh, as we go through this. Paul says, the end of Galatians, he says, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul, now Paul was a pretty great guy, right? I mean, um, Tammy, right there, was talking about the massive conversion of Paul. And Paul had a huge resume. 
He had a great resume before he was a Christian, and he had a great resume as a Christian. Double great resume. Some of you do too. You have a great heathen resume and a great Jesus resume. That's pretty cool. And Paul says, I will boast only in the cross. That's it. What's he going to boast in? He's going to boast in what Jesus did. He's going to boast in what Jesus did for him and what he did for the world. He's going to boast in the cross. That's it. And, and so as we get into a time, not in, as we get, as we are into a time when people are looking for, for desperately for answers, what if we had an answer? And what if it was the cross? What if it was the cross? And you say, well, what is the cross? Well, the first thing the cross does is there's forgiveness. Oh, man, do we need forgiveness. Does anybody feel really ouchy right now? Anybody over the last month snapped at people you would never snap at? Can anybody dare raise their hand? Yes, me and Michelle. Yeah, really, I find this. I am, a, I am such an easygoing, compliant person. I really am. What you see is what you get. Um, Zach, you could testify to that, couldn't you? Yeah, Listen, I'll beat you. <laughs> and that's my son, in case you didn't know who that was. Um, and I have, I have felt over the last, especially the last few weeks, that I'm much more irritable. And I'm like, I, I've never experienced this. What's going on? What's happening in here? Why am, I, why am I starting to see, I'm not seeing you, but why am I seeing Dave as the enemy, right? Because I can see him and I'm mad and I got to take it out on somebody. And there's Dave and smack. Dave's like, what the heck did I do? I don't know. I'm just mad. And you stand in front of me, you seem safe, so I'll hit you, right? So what's happening now? One of my huge, massive concerns for our youth right now is they're in places that are kind of safe when the world is going on as normal and now make everybody in a family very irritable. Guess who takes the beating? The most vulnerable. Man. We're, we're spending so much time talking about worried about a kid getting sick and we're not concerned about the kids getting beat. What? I'm telling you, we're ignoring the fact that good people are beating on people because we're not identifying the root of it, which we gotta go to the cross. We gotta go to the cross. And within the cross is forgiveness. Jesus, when he hung on the cross, says a few things, and one of them he says, is that as the, the, the soldiers are doing this, that, and the other thing to him, he's hanging on the cross. And he says that amazing word, and you know it. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine that he said that? He was extending forgiveness to people who weren't asking for it. He was extending forgiveness to people who were hurting him. In the moment, it wasn't like, well, I'm going to be mad now, but in a month or two, I might get over it and forgive you. No, as they are beating him, as they are killing him, he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. What if I lived like that? You see, I can. How can I? Not in my own strength, but I can because... Paul says he boasts in the cross where the world was crucified to him and him to the world. He also goes on to say in the same book, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. 
See, Paul says, and every Christian can experience this, a type of resurrection where the old is dead and the new has been made new. And that enables us to walk in that forgiveness that Christ offers. So I want to I do this because, just because I just want to do it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, want, I want us to know there's forgiveness. And I, I think each one of us needs to hear that we need to be all about extending forgiveness. We need to receive forgiveness, but we need to be about extending forgiveness. Rich, can you come up? Um, Rich and Ann are doing some tremendous things with um, Tuesday night classes, and they ran a class on um, a, a class previous to this on sexuality in the church and getting a hold of of getting a biblical view of sexuality. Now they're doing a class on it called Conquerors that is uh, it's about overcoming uh, pornography and. Rich and I have talked a lot about how there's such a huge need of forgiving shame and things like that. And so just share some things on forgiveness, if you would, Rich. Well, the first thing I need to say is what I thought I was going to be talking about this morning, God changed it. So, yeah, here we go. Um, what I want everybody to do right now is, um, those of you that are married, I want everybody to stand up right now. Come up here where they can see me. And what I want you to do, if your spouse is here with you, I want you to turn and face your spouse. Okay? If your spouse is not here with you right now, close your eyes and picture your spouse. Um, those of you that are not married, young people, whatever you happen to be, close your eyes. There should only be two things going on in here right now. Married couples should be looking at each other. Do not look at me. Married couples, I want you to stand and face each other. Don't just kind of turn your heads. Turn and face each other. Young people, again, if your spouses aren't here, whatever your condition happens to be, is close your eyes and picture your spouse, picture your future spouse, or picture Christ. And what I want to talk about is the class that we are doing right now is talking about pornography and sexual addictions and how it holds us, into bo holds us in bondage so that we cannot fulfill the reason that Christ created us. And come on up here. And we were talking about, we're singing about revival. And when Pastor Rick was talking about it, um, usually when you hear about revival and we're talking about you know, God moving, is we think about a harvest of souls. We think about new believers coming in. But before, this is my opinion, before revival can come, the church has to have something that the world needs. And so when we look at each other right now, one of the best examples of the image of God is a husband and wife in covenant marriage. And so husbands and wives, as you're looking at each other right now, I want you to be able to look in your spouse's eyes and know that there is no unforgiveness, that there's nothing keeping you apart from truly fulfilling the image of God. And so as you're looking at each other, Remember the day that you joined together in marriage and the covenant you made before God and all the witnesses and that you said that you would fulfill those vows, that you would do all that you could to make your wife slash husband feel like the most special person in the world. And so if there's anything in your life, is there any sin, whether it's pornography, sexual, lying, whatever it happens to be, if there is something in your life that is separating the two of you, you are marring the image of God. 
And so when the world looks at you, what are they seeing? Are they seeing the true, glorious image of God, or are they seeing something that's tainted and marred? And so forgiveness, revival has to start in the individual heart. But then revival can, can carry on to the family, that if I'm not standing in covenant with my wife, if I've hurt her in any way, the image of God is tainted. The world's not going to want that because the world's already tainted. And so as you're looking at your spouse, as you're looking in their eyes, see what God's telling you. Is there something that's keeping you from smiling at them? I mean, if you can't smile at your spouse right now because you know there's something in your heart that you've hurt them in some way or that you have shame because of the sexual activities that you've done outside of the covenant of marriage, then you need to ask God to forgive you. You need to ask your spouse to forgive you and restore the image of God so that when the world looks at you, when the world looks at your relationship, that it sees the image of God. And so the class that we're doing is talking specifically about sexual addiction and pornography. But whatever the sin is, whatever the addiction is, until you cleanse yourself, until you take the blood of Christ and cleanse yourself, you are not going to fulfill the purpose that God created you for. And so family is important. And that's why the enemy, Satan, the devil, is doing all he can to break families up, to make families look like laughing stocks. And so in the church right here, Praise Fellowship, Russell, Pennsylvania, revival needs to start within the family. It needs to start with the individual making things right between husband and wife. And so as you're looking into each other's eyes, and again, you young people thinking about someday being married, you want to start out your relationship with an honoring time with God. So the only thing that should be coming between Ann and I is the cross of Christ. So. Amen. So good, Rich. Thank you. Thank you so much. But listen, and I want you to hear this. First of all, it always is, it's always worth, as Rich said, um, obviously not everybody's married. Um, so that's obvious. And then also, please hear this. There is forgiveness. I want you to hear that. There's so much forgiveness. And as, as Rich is going through um, even, even that class, of course, what comes up is shame or whatever the thing would be. The answer is always in the cross. It's always in the cross of Christ. It just is. You say, well, I have this issue. What should I do? Well, begin at the cross. And then from there, you can go lots of places. But it's got to begin at the cross. And as, as he said, you have trouble in a relationship. Go to the cross. And as two people are kneeling before the cross, it's a whole lot easier to work out whatever is going on uh, when you go to the cross first. Uh, and that's what, that's what begins revival. It absolutely does. And the next thing I want us to see, so get this, the cross brings forgiveness. So if you need forgiveness, go to the cross. Cry out to Jesus. And this is, this is so simple, so simple. Here, I'll just, you go and you say, Jesus, I am pretty messed up. I can't fix it myself. I need what you did on the cross. Forgive me. You do that humbly before God, and he says, oh, I'm so glad you came. You know what he does? He wraps you in his arms before you finish giving your speech. Love that about the story of the prodigal son. 
the son came back and he had this great rehearsed speech. He was in front of the mirror going over this speech all the time. And he came back and he started to say something and his dad grabs him, hugs him, throws the party, puts a coat on him, a ring, the whole thing. And the kid's like, man, I didn't even get to, uh, you know, my second point. God says, I don't care about your points. I see your heart. And that's how it should be in relationships when people are under the cross, at the foot of the cross. You know, when you go to somebody, let's say you're a kid and you go to a parent and you say, oh, I so much messed up, would you please? Now, the, the dad's not going to say, well, let me just hear the full thing to see whether or not I forgive you. And on, you know, point number 17, he says, nope, got that one wrong, you're out. No, it's, it's been forgiven so, it was for a, for a parent to their child, the forgiveness happened at birth, period. And let me just say this to you parents. If at birth you didn't forgive your children of everything they were ever going to do, well, you just need to because you'll have a pretty rough parenthood if you don't. So have a kid. I saw a baby. Mindy, you got a baby right there. Oh, oh you guys got a There's babies all over here. Listen, just forgive that kid for everything they're ever going to do for you. Just say, Don, I'm good. Got that, Dan? Forgiven. Now, there's going to be plenty of heartaches, but at least you've got a foundation of acceptance, love, forgiveness. You'll be so much better off for that. Then the second thing is you come to the cross. Because when you come to the cross, you do realize the cross is a couple things, but it's offensive, right? It's foolish and it's offensive. The foolishness of the cross, Paul talks about in in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 1 and 18, I believe. And he says it's the foolishness of the cross. Foolish to those who are perishing. So it's foolishness. The other thing it is, is the cross is offensive. Interestingly, the cross is offensive. And now some of that, there's natural things that people are offended to because the church has been really dumb for thousands of years. Okay, there are, we have used the cross to offend, foolishly, just have. But that's not what we're talking about when we're saying it's offensive. What's offensive is the message. What's offensive? This is offensive. This is really offensive. But that's the cross. Now, if I take a cross and hold a cross up with my left hand and stab you with my right Okay, I miss you. That's not the cross we're talking about being offensive. But unfortunately, that's what a lot of people see. We have used the cross as a weapon for centuries against Jewish people. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, that's wrong actions on the church. We've used the cross as offensive to Muslim people for a long time. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when the cross is offensive, this. If this offends somebody, well, that's a different issue than me offending somebody. And so when you come to the cross, you lose things. I mean, you lose a lot of really good things, right? You lose, I mean, you lose a lot of bad things. You lose, you lose your shame, you lose your guilt, you lose your past, you lose, and it's like, oh, I left all my baggage there. That's the good news. But you do realize when you come to the cross, you also lose some other things. Friends, family, might lose economic status, might lose social status, you might lose the gang. Whatever it is, you do lose some things. 
But I want you to hear, and this is a hard thing when you come to, to, to the cross. You lose things, but you gain better things. Family. Um, Jesus says, and I should read this. Luke something. 18. And then, Sadiqa, if you could work your way up here. Eight, Luke 18 and verse 29, I think. Okay, here we go. Um, well, you know that Jesus talks about you'll be, you know, brothers will be divided against brothers and parents and stuff like that. And then he says in Luke 18, 29, I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, that's the cross, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. I want you to hear this. God has... When we give things up at the cross, God doesn't say, boy, you really blew it. Now you're going to live a lonely old hermit and miserable life. He's got stuff ready for us that, that, is, that is a family. He had, the cross divides, but the cross brings with it a family like no other. I'm passionate about this now because I'm telling you, you're going to lose some of the people you thought were friends. You're going to lose some of the people you thought were family. Don't despair. Hold on to the cross and trust that God has more for you, greater for you. Do I have this for you? Sadiq Fofana in the house. Hello. Yeah. So I, um, I wanted Sadiq to come and share some things about this, about how the cross actually increases our family. Uh, Sadiq's my brother from the same parents, of course. Yeah? yeah, we get mistaken all the time. Um, um, he absolutely is as much a brother. I have two brothers. I have my brother Mike, and I have my brother Sadiq, and then a bunch of you too. Um, but uh, but God did something there, and I want you to share a little bit about family, and you know you got some scripture to share and things like that. So yeah, my name is Sadiq, and I've been living in Warren for 16 years, and I love to be in Warren. I bet. You see, God has a plan for all of us. I was born in Africa. And Africa is not a country, it's a continent. So, there's a lot of people, billions of people live in Africa. I was born in West Africa. And I grew up as a Muslim. I speak Arabic. I read Arabic. I used to pray in Arabic. Because... That was the religion I grew up with, to know the salvation of God in Muslim culture. But God have a plan for all of us. Like when Pastor Rico was talking about the cross, the cross is a place for peace. The cross is a place for unity. The cross is a place for forgiveness. That is the answer that everybody's looking for. Right now, everybody want peace. Everybody want unity. Everybody want forgiveness. But if you don't know the cross, you're not gonna be able to forgive your brothers. You're not gonna be able to forgive somebody else that does not accept your view, how you think. So as you hold the cross, you start to see the power of God. When God revealed himself to me, 
it was hard to accept him. Now I have to look back. All what I used to have, I have to walk away from it. My parents, my brothers, all the worldly stuff that he think. And I was living pretty good back then. Now I'm living really good now. I just want to tell you guys that. But God work in a way that we don't understand. And sometimes we want to analyze everything. We want to make sure that we have the solution. Oh, this is my Jesus. This is me. Now, forget that stuff. Jesus died for everybody. Underneath the cross, before the cross, there's a unity for the whole world. It doesn't matter whether you are pink, yellow, blue, black. I don't really care. Without a cross, you are nothing. I just want you guys to understand that. So when I accept Jesus, they put me to jail for three days because I disobey the religions of my parents. Technically, I could be killed. But I don't know what happened. I did have a lot of scripture in me. Death is nothing to me. Because Jesus said, if you believe in me, you have to carry your own cross. So for me to see the miracle of Jesus, I have to carry my cross. That doesn't mean that I don't have a challenge in my life. I'm a human being. I have a blood that goes. I get cold. I get hot. You understand? We are all the same. But I have to take a step further and say, God, you promised me. You said that if I believe you, you give me more family. And when I step away from my other family, man, God give me millions of millions of people. Not just like, hey, no, family. I get to know Sally. Sally is sitting right here. She's 90 years old. I never think about that. 40 years ago or 30 years ago, I'm going to meet some young, lovely lady, Sally in Russell. I don't even know what was Russell. But God worked in the way to be part of the family. So we are all family in the kingdom of God. The cross. If you believe cross, we are all the same. I don't really care how you think. Because at the end, man, we're going to be in heaven worshiping God. People that you don't like, they're going to be next to you. Yeah. But guess what? Your mindset going to be different. You're not going to even know them. But the only thing that we're going to know is the glory of God. Listen, I can stand here for hours and explain testimony upon testimony, but God has a plan for all of us. God created me for a reason. He created all of us for a reason. There is a price for every salvation that you step into. My price is my family back in Africa to kick me out. Some of you, I don't know your price. But, listen, it's all to go towards the cross. Once we are in that cross, you forgive them. You love them. 
you start to share your testimony with them you start to tell them hey God love you because without Christ there's nothing there's nothing I don't really care because the Bible said without his son there's no salvation it's like you have a car without the engine you're not gonna go nowhere so we need Jesus the cross is the one that stands between us the cross is the marching order for Christians because without the cross you're not gonna do nothing the blood of Jesus forgive us that's why we are here today hey I could be golfing right now but we choose to come together as a family to worship God so I'm encouraging you please love one another forgive one another reconcile with people that they don't know Christ they are not bad people they don't just know it yet the same thing happened to me I forgive my brothers every day in Africa I call them I forgive my mom I help them because God want me to do that if I want to preach the gospel to them so don't despise them I know Pastor Rick way back brother Mike I met him in Africa it was fun I never never thought in my mind I would be in Russell because it's not in the map I've been to like 100 countries I met the Queen of England I met John Ashcraft I met all the big people that God promised in the Bible he said you would meet king and queens I met them because I step before the cross I accept Jesus I have nothing to meet them but I have Jesus so I just want to encourage you guys let's keep preaching the gospel that is the only peace I know everybody's mad of the COVID-19 all of us I would like to be in Africa right now but hey we can still preach the gospel wherever we are love one another keep calling people talk to them about forgiveness may God bless you guys yeah yes but this is what I want us to hear I want us to get this I want us to get this down that I'm telling you there's a handful of things we really got to get a hold of and it's all at the center of all of them is the cross so I want us to get into this such a deep understanding of forgiveness and forgiveness leads to family and so uh, um, I, I, it's just so much my heart we'll get into some other things next week I'm going to talk about um, the how we need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit but that doesn't it's not just this arbitrary spirit that's out there at the cross what Jesus did birthed the Holy Spirit so we're going to talk about it and make sure we're understanding what it means to walk in the fullness of the Spirit because it's the only way to walk this thing out and so well, I'll just I'll just pray for us thank you Jesus father my prayer is very simple for me and for all my friends right here and for the church at large may we boast in nothing except the cross of Christ may our answers be wrapped up in the humility that comes from the cross of Christ may our relationships be dominated by the cross of Christ may our marriages and families have at the center of them the cross 
Thank you, Jesus. Stir in our hearts the seed of revival, which is individually going to the cross and walking in repentance and humility. And as Rich said, man, just hear this. this is the, I'll end with this. Rich said, the world's going to look for an answer. They're going to look for something that's attractive. We are the ones who carry the spirit of Christ. We got to display it. It's not pressure. That's just saying, keep going to the cross. Because the cross will keep displaying the glory of God. Our frailties at the cross rise up him. So I got to stop. I could go into a whole other message. I just, when, when Bob Sorge was here, uh, Bob's actually writing his next book on the cross. And so he being an author who doesn't talk, um, when he gets into a topic, it's his topic. And I've been with him a couple times as he's been writing other books. And so it's just bubbling out. And so everything we talked about, he says, Rick, it's the cross. It's the cross. So I've been meditating on this since whenever he was here, June. June 12th, I guess he was here. And, and or 13th, I'm sorry. And he, uh, uh, he just, he get, it's getting me thinking, it's in the cross. And so I just pass it on to you. The answer's in the cross for this world. I love you all so much.